Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. I believe that God is doing something in the earth and doing something mighty and powerful. One of the ways uh, to realize that God is moving and getting ready to move in a greater way is that somehow in the spirit world, behind the scenes, in a realm that is, you know, for the most part, you know, unseeable, sometimes for some people unimaginable, undetectable uh, with, with human eyes, nonetheless in the spirit world, things begin to stir. And if you have noticed around the world in the last few days, uh, certainly in the last couple of years as well, but in the last few days, things are beginning to stir, especially in places that are very important in, in, uh, in spiritual ways. One of them is Israel. In, uh, you know, behind the scenes, things that we can't see. And by the way, let me, let me just speak to you for a moment, just to kind of stir some of you up a little bit. The rest of you, you know, you may not care, but some of you may catch a glimpse of a reality that is out of this world, of some, I'll call it dimensional reality. Okay? It's, it's understandable for us that right now, going through this airspace and wherever you may be watching, going through the airspace wherever you are, there are radio waves and there are television programs right now, shoom, all kinds of programs, ones you like and ones you don't like, going right through here, shoom, 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 shoom. And, you know, and I mean, they're here right now. When you turn on your television or you turn on your radio or your cell phone, okay, conversations are going constantly all I mean all through our air airspace and whenever you turn on your television it's not that all of a sudden it you know sucks that TV you know channel from some mysterious place you know no it's here already all around you are things you cannot see you cannot naturally discern that you cannot you know perhaps even imagine I don't know, but it's, it can be hard to imagine right now that, you know, that uh, friends and the Big Bang Theory is going on right here. And if you had a receiver, and you do have on your phone, and some of you may be watching it you know, <laughs> during church, you, you, know, you could choose to watch quite a number of things that are already here, already present, accessible. Some of them on demand, and others, they're just here. Well, in that same way, in a similar way, let me put it that way, or let me do it in my Sims vernacular, in a similar way. <laughs> I often get uh, talked to about saying words imperfectly, but uh, I'll say similar because it's you, but if I go back home, it's similar. Okay, I don't know why, but it just is. My wife says sterning wheel for steering wheel. I don't know why. Uh, it was just raised that way. I don't know. Isn't that funny? Sterning wheel. And uh, I don't think about it when I'm back home. I think about it when I'm in front of other people that don't talk like I do. But, okay, and around the world, I know you're wondering, what's a sterning wheel? Okay, a steering wheel. But, it's, it's amazing to me in a similar fashion 
to how the airwaves are filled with things that we cannot naturally detect. In that same way, they're filled with spiritual things that we cannot naturally detect. You know, it's quite possible that Morse code is going through here right now. It's possible, you know. And if it is going through here right now, you know, you would need some way in order to detect it, some way in order to capture it and to identify it, to receive it, and you could receive it. It's possible, you know, like I said, television programs. But there's also spiritual things going on all around us, you know, in a dimensional reality that we cannot naturally discern. There are things that happen behind the scenes. Uh, Take, for example, uh, Elijah. When Elijah was in a city called Dothan, which is north of Jerusalem, about uh, 45 miles or so, a little area, it's just around uh, uh, Mount Ebal from the city, old city of Shechem, the current city of Nablus, uh, a, a, a place called Dothan. They were, you know, they were standing there, he and his servant, and they were about to be attacked. And he said to his servant, more there be with us than be with them. And his servant said, what are you talking about? There's a whole army trying to, trying to capture us. And he said, oh, I forgot. You can't see it. I can see it, but you can't see it. And he said, Lord, would you open up his eyes? And all of a sudden, that servant's eyes were opened up, and he saw chariots of angels and heavenly warriors all around surrounding the army that was surrounding them. And all of a sudden he gained great confidence because he realized that truly there was a heavenly host right there present that he had not discerned, that he had not seen, that someone else had seen who was perhaps more spiritual or perhaps God had opened their eyes. But he saw into another dimension, into another realm. He saw into the spirit something that this other person did not see that's very interesting to me how that something could be there and you not be able to detect it with your natural understanding i mean it blows me away that there are television programs and radio programs going through here right now that i don't detect kind of interest me you know in the same way you know jesus do you remember after he'd been resurrected? The Bible says that there were 11 disciples in a room that was locked, and Jesus appeared to them in that room. Boom. He didn't open the door, and he disappeared. He didn't go back through the door. You know, many people imagine, or they, you know, and, and preach is good that he, then he just walked through the wall. He walked through a closed door. I don't think so. I think he was there all the time because he's omnipresent. I think he just, boom, turned on the light in their eyes so they could see him standing there. I think he was there all the time. And I think, boom, when he went away, he just kind of closed their ability to see him, but he was still there. Why? Because I think he's everywhere all the time. I think he's right here right now. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in the midst, there he, you know, in, in his name, there he is in the midst. So, I mean, he's here right now, boom. Don't you hope we don't see him? <laughs> Wouldn't that freak you out? Boom. Well, he's here. He's here. I know... Many people might imagine, well, that's, that's, you know, that's a metaphorical term. No, it's not. That's a reality. He's here. He is here right now. 
He is among us right now. Things are happening in a spirit realm, in a spirit world that many times are undetectable and unimaginable and, and, and we don't comprehend and we can't, you know, we, we just can't, you know, receive that. We can't see that. And with reason, no doubt. The Apostle Paul said that, that uh, being caught up into the third heaven, he saw things that he could not speak about. That they were, you know, unutterable. Isn't that interesting? And some of the things that the book of Revelation says, some of the creatures that God made just, just quite frankly freak me out just a little bit. Some of the things that he talks about that... When I get to heaven, I guess, I don't know, I won't be afraid, but I want you to know, when I see that animal or whatever it is, or angel or being with four different heads, I am not sure which one to look at, which one to talk to. <laughs> I don't want to make, you know, anybody mad, you know? And six wings? And, oh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't, but I do know this. That there are realities beyond my comprehension. And I also know in a, uh, in, 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 in a same vein that there are things going on behind the scenes that I don't quite understand, but I can see some impact in. Things that are going on around the world are not going on without God's notice. The things that are happening in Israel today are not going on without his notice. And they're not going on without purpose. They're not going on without some reaction, some heavenly reaction. They're not going on without something. I'm, I mean, uh, you know, the things that, 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 that are going on with COVID. The things that are, uh, you know, the, the things that are, that are going on, uh, you know, uh, even with, you know, can you imagine? There are some crazy people out here. Uh, the, the shutdown of Colonial Pipeline. You know, do you know North Carolina was 62 or 65 percent out of gas, the whole state today? Some other states, Georgia and, and some of the other surrounding, 42 or 45 percent out of gas, 45 percent of the place. Isn't that amazing? Oh, well, they just got the, the pipeline back up and running, but it'll take them a few days. To, you know, all these things, all these catastrophic, all these monumental things are not done in secret. They're not done away from heaven's knowledge or without, from, uh, 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 without heaven's attention. And I believe that they should be attention getters for us. I think that we should realize that there are things going on that are absolutely, uh, you know, uh, uh, off the charts of, of uh, you know, of understandability. It's amazing. And I can imagine very easily that God is watching and he's involved. And as much havoc as the devil would like to cause in our world, in our life, disruption, fear, worry, anxiety, turmoil, all of the division, the anger, all of the fear, all of the, you know, all of the lack and leanness and want, all of the hurt and the pain, as much, you know, that's exclusive to the devil, all right? We are not in a God judgment period of the earth. There was an Old Testament period in which God actively punished and actively judged the world it was a period of the law it's just the way the law demanded that sin be punished 
we came into with Christ a period of grace. Instead of being in an active period of judgment and punishment right now, we are in what we will call a passive period of judgment. In this, you reap what you sow, it's certain. But God is not up there shooting fire bolts down and lightning bolts down at people. And he's not, he's not giving people cancer and he's not causing problems. But he is allowing us to step into the grace and into the will and into the goodness of God and this world is on a collision course with hell it is going to hell this system is not going to get better I don't want to you know I want to give you good news and bad news the bad news is the world is not going to get better it's going to get worse but the good news is that we are not of this world we are in this world but not of this world and God is willing to save every person out of the tribulation which is to come because we will enter into a period beginning in Revelation chapter 4 back into an active judgment period of God if, you'll, if, if, if that is your uh, uh, take on Revelation it is mine that, that once, once we see the church taken away and out of the equation uh, uh, you know, we, we we'll see the punishment and the active judgment of God begin again towards people upon the earth. In the Old Testament, God judged sin. In the New Testament period, he separates sin from sinners. And in the book of Revelation, he will be judging sin in the lives of sinners once again in great measure. And there will also be tribulation upon the earth like has, been, like has never been seen before. Uh, but today we're in a period of grace. But even in this period of grace, the devil and the enemies of the cross and the enemies of mankind, those demons and hordes of hell that hate you, that hate your soul, that want to cause you misery, that want to make sure that, you're, uh, that everything that can be done will be done to keep you separated from light and love and life and joy and peace. They don't want you spreading hope. They don't want you spreading uh, you know, ex uh, excitement about Jesus, you know, uh, whole nations are closed off today. India is closed off today. Whole nations in the Middle East are closed off to people who want to come and tell others that there's hope. The one message that, that, that the devil wants to crush, and he has locked whole, whole uh, uh, nations in darkness wanting to rob people of hope the hope that comes from Jesus Christ, the hope the, that, that they can have help in this world, the hope that they can have help now in their situation, the hope, you know, uh, like in Nepal, you know, uh, one, of, one of our missionaries there in Kathmandu, uh, you know him well, uh, uh, you know, his, his mother, uh, uh, when her husband died, when his father died, his mother was made an outcast and so were the children. Why? Because in their religion, it is believed that if God hates your husband enough to kill him then you know uh, hates you enough to take your husband away from you then we certainly don't want to help you because we don't want to make God mad so we'll push you out we won't help you we won't do anything literally the woman went crazy and demons were absolutely
absolutely uh, in charge of her life, so much so that he had to be taken off into another home. And thankfully, he was put into the home of a Christian who believed in Jesus Christ and raised him with, 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 with uh, the knowledge of the Word of God. And now he, too, is raising orphans. He's got, I don't know, maybe uh, last time I was there, uh, 35 orphans. I think he had 42 at one point. And the nation got on to him. The, 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 the uh, you know, Nepal came and, and, and got on to him because he had too many kids. He was helping too many kids. And I've sat there in his home with him more than one time and him tell me, Pastor Kinsman there, and him, him say to, you know, to, to us, you know, the reason I'm doing this is because I saw what it's like without hope. I saw what it's like in, in, in these other religions. And Jesus Christ gives you hope. And I just want to raise children in a place where they can know that they can have hope. Listen, there's hope today. There's hope in Israel. There's hope you know, uh, in the United States. There's hope in all these other nations. But something is going on behind the scenes that we cannot readily see with the eyes of our natural understanding. But I'm going to ask you to open up your hearts and realize and open up your spirits and pray that God would show you that he's more involved than you ever imagined him to be. Don't let these things get you down and make you, you know, worried and afraid and fearful. Pray. Pray that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus would shine through in these nations. Pray that the turmoil and all of the problems that's going on right now and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, from... Uh, you know, Africa to Thailand, that all of the problems that are going on across the United States, all of the political upheavals and all of the divisions, that somehow God would bring the light of the glorious gospel of Christ to bear in the lives of these that are in such turmoil. Because I know the devil wants to bury them without hope. He wants to put them in a place where they, all they can see is trouble. He wants to hide you in a hole. He wants to put a, a lid on you. He wants to shut down your hope and your joy and your peace. He wants to tell you there's nothing that you can do about what's been done to you or what's being done. He, he, he wants to tell you there is no hope. Don't believe it. Refuse to believe it. Even if you have been you know, a part of a problem or the cause of a problem, refuse to believe that God would abandon you he will not he gave his only son on the cross of Calvary there is hope today for you you can trust in the Lord you can call upon his name and he will yet deliver you you might say how that's exactly what the servant of Elijah said you know the armies is surrounding us how in the world are we going to get out of this and Elijah was not afraid more there be with us than be with them and he said what do you mean and and all the prophet said was Lord open his eyes I pray that your eyes are open to realize that more be with you more be with the church more be with those who are standing up with a message of hope and a message of, of, of joy and a message of peace through Jesus Christ more there be with us than be with them we are well able to handle what's going on with the faith that God has given us with the trust that we have in him he will not fail you he will not leave you he will not forsake you he will not abandon you he will not read the end of the book amen Jesus wins amen and we are on his side well that brings us to our word tonight okay that was just all free it wasn't in my notes it's just on my heart 
Open up your Bibles, if you would, tonight to the book of Colossians, uh, the second chapter. We're going to be talking about the roots and the fruits of life. The roots and the fruits of life. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Colossians chapter 2 and uh, uh, talking about the roots and the fruits of the Spirit. The sixth verse, I'm reading from the New King James Version, says this. The sixth verse says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Now, we're going to read a few more verses, but, but let's, let's look and see what the Apostle Paul is saying to us here. Uh, first of all, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church, and we are the church tonight. And so this letter, you know, is to us. And here he is saying, therefore, you know, as, as, as you have received, there is, a, there is a presumption of reception. There is a presumption by the Apostle Paul that those who would be in the church to hear the reading of this letter would have received Jesus Christ as Lord. I love that thought. Do you know that, that there are basically three groups of people uh, uh, in, in the whole world? We could, we could put people anyway into three groups. One is, is a, 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 a group that is right with God, righteous. One is a group that is, you know, uh, wicked, okay? One that's right with God and, you know, love Jesus. And, and one is, you know, people that don't love him, that don't like him, and that, that are really anti-Christ. But most of the people fit right in the middle of the group of unrighteous people. People who, you know, have potential and would be right if they just knew what to do. They're not bad people. They're good people. They're just needing leadership. They're needing education. They need someone to tell them. Like the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, how shall they know except someone tell them? And there is a presumption in the Word of God that if we were to tell people about Jesus Christ, there's a presumption in the Word of God that if you were to tell someone that they could be forgiven of their sins and live forever with God in heaven, that they would say yes. There's a presumption there. There's a presumption that, that most people that you will all, that they will ever meet want to be born again. This is the presumption of the Word of God. It's the presumption of Christ. It's the presumption of God, and it should be our presumption. We should assume that people that we meet every day want to be born again and want to be right with God. They want to be good spouses. They want to be uh, good children. They want to be good parents. They want to be a good worker. They want to be a good boss. They want to be a good supervisor. They want to be a good friend. That should be the presumption. It's God's presumption. And it should be our assumption that the people that we are talking to, especially those who may not be living right, that if we encourage them, that they would change. That should be what we assume. We should expect other people who know more about Jesus than we do to tell us where we might could be more like him. Is that reasonable? I mean, we should. We should expect our parents to tell us about Jesus. If they know Jesus, they should assume we want to know him, and we should assume that they will tell us what to do. You know, it, it was not rocket science, nor was it a surprise that my mother taught me how to make a bed. She imagined I would want to know at some point, and I imagined that she would teach me things I needed to know. 
She taught me how to wash dishes. She taught me how to iron clothes. She taught me how to pray. People who know more should assume that other people who know less want to know. Now, that doesn't make us a know-it-all, and it doesn't make us busybodies, but it does make us all uh, uh, people who possess an opportunity to share something we have learned about Jesus or learned in life with other people with some hope that they want to know and they will receive it and they will be more like Christ because of it. Well, the Apostle Paul here, having this presumption of reception, he simply said, you know, basically, uh, as you have therefore received Christ, he's assuming you've received Christ. Well, let me ask you, have you welcomed Christ into your life? I mean, there, there's, there, there's, you know, I'm preaching to people that I think have asked Jesus into their life. But let me just ask you, have you welcomed him into your life? Have you allowed him into every area of your life? For example, he didn't just say, you know, uh, those of you who have received Jesus Christ, he calls him the Lord. The Lord. Have you received Jesus Christ, the Lord, not just Jesus Christ, the Savior? Have you received Jesus Christ, the Lord? I mean, the guy who is over everything, king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, you know, uh, is he the lord of your life? D does he command and have access to your thoughts? Does he have access to your time? Does he have access to your calendar? Does he have access to your abilities? Does he have access to your talents? Does he have access to your finances? Does he have access to your friends through you? Is he Lord? Well, he says, as you therefore uh, receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so Walk in him. Boy, there's a good admonition, isn't it? Now, here's the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossae, and we imagine this church to be this, you know, great spiritual strength in the earth. I mean, when we look back on these churches that Paul wrote to, we imagine that these were really great churches, right? I mean, this was a real church. You know, the church at Colossae, the church at Thessalonica, the church at Ephesus, I mean, those were real churches. They were getting the real word in a real time that was really critical to God. Well, not any more than we are. So walk in him. He continues, verse 7. Here's how we walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving rooted you know this 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 concept of being rooted there there, there, there are three things here that he encourages us in this particular verse number one is that we would let our roots roots speak of things going down deep deep where we draw life, where we draw, you know, sustenance from. Let your roots go down in Christ. You know, walk in him. How can I walk in him? Well, be rooted in him. Rooted. That means I'm going to have to spend some time going deeper in Christ. Not just surface relationship, but I need some roots. I need some roots so that when the wind blows or the sun comes up, that it won't blow me over or it won't wear me out. It won't just, you know, draw all the life out of me. I need to have some roots. I need to be able to have some sustenance that I am getting from Christ myself. Grounded, connected. That's what this word means. Rooted, grounded. It means, you know, a firmly planted in Christ. 
It doesn't mean that one day I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, at the Buddhist temple, and the next day I'm at church, and the next day, you know, I'm, 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 I'm worshiping Buddha, you know, uh, it, it, you know, or Confucius, or some other philosophy, or some other, you know, uh, you know, humanistic ideology. It means I'm rooted in Christ. I'm grounded in Christ. Jesus is just not one of the gods I serve. He is the God. He is the Lord, not just a Lord. He is the Lord. One of the things that we see in India especially in India because of all the multiple you know gods and goddesses that they have if you are not watchful when you witness to someone about Christ they will receive Jesus as just one more of their gods but you cannot get rooted in Christ whenever he's just one of the things you do hello when he's just one of the gods you serve rooted if we're going to walk in him number one we're going to have to decide that this is you know christ is where my roots are i need to let my roots go down into christ deep i need to be grounded and connected to him and drawing my life from him number two he says built up built up simply means to build on the foundation that you have established you know you need your roots to go down but also you need to build your life up in christ in him rooted and built up in him built up in him we build ourselves up the bible says on our most holy faith how do we build ourselves up through the word through prayer and through worship we build ourselves up we can go deep in Christ to draw our life from him our sustenance from him whenever we need something we can go to that rock of our salvation and also we need to be built up if I'm going to walk in Christ in this world as tough as this world is I'm going to need to be rooted and built up in him and number three established in the faith I need to be established in the faith. That means I need to have uh, you know, uh, uh, some confirmation that is sure and secure. I need to be confirmed in him. I need to be tested in him. You know, and believe me, no matter what you learn about Jesus Christ, you are leaving that place headed to a test. If you learn that you should not cuss or that you should not steal, you should not cheat, you should not lie, you should not commit adultery, if you learn any of those things in Christ, you are on your way to a test. But the tests confirm who we are. They establish us. You know, it's not wrong to have a test. Tests are reasonable. The Bible says that testings and trials and tribulation, you know, that the enemy may come at us because of the word, trying to steal the word before it takes root in our life. But if we are good ground, when we hear the word of God, we begin to, you know, let the roots go down. We begin to build on that and and, 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 in him. And then comes the establishing of our faith because the trying of our faith works in us, the ability to remain consistent under fire. Established. It's not wrong to have your faith tested. The, the Bible says about the Apostle Paul that at the end of his life, he said, I have run my race, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Therefore, there is a crown laid up for me for all the righteous. Um, well, uh, when we are rooted and we are built up and we are established in faith, uh, and, uh, just like we've been taught, 
then the Apostle Paul says, you know, it, it, it should also be in our life that we are abounding with thanksgiving. That means that we should be overflowing with abundant thanksgiving to God that it, His Word actually works in our life. His Word will work. His Word will work in that it will change the circumstances that you are facing or else it will change you to be able to stand up in the midst of those circumstances and still reflect Christ. Even though the world around you is raging, even though the storm around you is, is, is you know, the blowing and, and billowing, you nonetheless can stand firm in Christ. Confirmed, sure and secure. The Apostle Paul would write to Ephesus in the third chapter, verse 17. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love might be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. There is a process here of being rooted and grounded and established. It causes us to be able to comprehend with all the other saints just how much Jesus Christ loves us, just how much he has taken care of us. And that's where we begin to, to really release our thankfulness to him. Uh, I'm so thankful that Jesus loves me, that God loves me enough to give Jesus for me, but also that Jesus loves me enough to have died for me and given his life for me. And every time I have a faith victory, I'm reminded that it's because of him. And I'm able to comprehend with the saints the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height of, of, of the love of God and, and to understand uh, and comprehend you know, the fullness of God that's available to us. Well, back in verse 8, as I'm winding down here uh, in Colossians 2, verse 8. Uh, listen, he says, you know, be rooted, be built up, be established in the faith. Okay? Walk in him. It's so important. Be very thankful. Be very abundant and liberal in your thanksgiving to God. And then he says in verse 8, as you're walking in Christ, as you have received him, beware. He said, you know, it, it's not all just grow up. It's not all just have faith. It's not all just be thankful. It's not all just be loving. It's not all just, you know, uh, comprehending with the saints how much Jesus loves you. We also need to be watchful. Beware. Uh, that Greek word is blepo. I think, I think that's interesting, you know. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it means it can happen quickly, suddenly. Keep your eyes open is what it means. Be, beware. Keep your eyes open. Even though you're growing in faith and even though your roots are going down and you're being built up and, and even though you're established, and you're having victories in your faith and even though you're knowing that God loves you and you're comprehending how much he loves you and you're growing and you're growing and you're doing well keep your eyes open beware beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to christ beware lest anyone cheat you that word cheat means to carry you off like booty not that booty but booty like <laughs> booty like treasure that a pirate would steal beware don't let anybody steal you away from god don't let anybody sneak in like a pirate and steal you away from god and carry you off to some other, you know, a, 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 
attention getter. Some other philosophy, that word philosophy basically means either through zeal or skill, art or science. Don't let anybody tell you that science trumps God. Okay? No one, if they're zealous or even with their skill, should be able with their philosophy to come in and steal your attention away from God so that you begin to draw life from another source, so that you begin to think that someone else can help you, something else can help you or take his place, and you begin to build yourself up with some other philosophy or some other ideology other than that which is according to Christ. The basic principles of this world, he said. You know, the basic principles of worldly philosophy, the, the philosophy of the cosmos. Beware of this world's ungodly philosophies. I like what verse 23, this is the end of that chapter. Let's cut there real quick, okay, because we're already here running late. Look, 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 look what verse 23, this is how... The Apostle Paul concludes this thought. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. When somebody tells you something else is going to work, listen, don't be drawn away through their philosophy, uh, by, by their philosophy, just because it looks hard and it feels religious and, you know, it, it, the, the rules seem wise. Why? Because, you know, uh, gosh, I have to discipline myself. You know, it, 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 you know, it, it's, uh, uh, it, it, it requires devotion and and discipline and denial but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire let me tell you what will help you if you are wrestling with temptation or sin or wrestling with fear or worry or anxiety or wrestling with anger or resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness let me tell you what will help you when you are wrestling with hatred and 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 hurt and pain jesus christ not some worldly philosophy, not some mantra that people hang on their walls and repeat six times a day, not some self-denial and not some bodily discipline and not some pious religious you know, uh, rhetoric, but rather Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If you will call upon the name of the Lord and simply serve Him, let your roots go down and build yourself up and be firmly established in faith that He will never leave you and never forsake you the principles of this world may seem wise but they provide no help okay um, well I didn't get near through where I wanted to go but let me just tell you tonight I'm just here to encourage you that Jesus Christ is the answer to the dilemmas or to the dilemma or is it dilemmas is there an S on the end of that? It is plural. Then there's lots of dilemmas. Of the world. He is the answer. He is. He's the answer for your marriage. He's the answer to your ministry. He's the answer for COVID. He's the answer for what you need to do in the midst of your trouble and trial and tribulation. And if you will allow yourself to be rooted and grounded in Him as the Lord, as you have received Him, walk in Him, be established in faith, be abundantly thankful for all He has done, 
then you will see victory in the midst of your situation and ultimately victory over your situation. Thanks again for joining us for another exciting message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.